Welcome to the Frisco Report, guys. I'm Mike, Cowboys Corner. I got Joe, Cowboys Blog, right here with me. You know I can't do it alone. The Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott, news conferences all day, news conferences for days, Joe. What does that tell me? Football's back. Cowboys kicking off training camp. And I want to jump in Jerry Jones statements. I want to jump in uh, Dak Prescott. I want to jump in what Mike McCarthy said about the offensive the offense line, uh, who's plug and play, things of that sort. But right off the bat, Joe, let's talk about Mike McCarthy, or excuse me, Jerry Jones is expecting the Cowboys to play all 16 games. And he's also expecting fans to be in the stands. Uh, is, is this possible, Joe? Can, can, is, can Jerry Jones' vision of playing all 16 games and having fans in the stands in AT&T Stadium, can, is that realistic or is Jerry Jones pipe dreaming? Uh, first of all, great to be on, man. It, a, lot, a lot to discuss. And uh, like, like Mike hit on all the topics, it's going to be a packed Frisco report tonight. This is serious. Got more time for all you guys. Uh, before we get started, Mike, I got to give a shout out to a, uh, a a fellow Cowboys blogger that I that I stumbled upon, and I got to give him a shout out because he's one of the up and comers, and that's Cowboys fan talk. He's in the chat box. Hit him, give him a follow. Um, he's got good cap game, dope caps. So uh, that popped off for me, and uh, great conversation. But I want to give him a quick shout out. Go hit him up, Cowboys fan talk. Great guy over there, man. I'll, hopefully, we can get him on the podcast here sometime. But Mike, uh, the conversation about getting fans into the stadium, that kind of thing, yeah, it's uh, lofty goals, right? And they pretty much said that they're going to go with what the state mandate is. And is it fifty percent? I think that's what it is right now. They asked me if it went to seventy-five percent, if they would go up to seventy-five percent. And so, yeah, he's basically going with the mandate of what the state is giving, and that's Governor Abbott. And if you live in Texas, you, you know Governor Abbott is, is one of the, the ones that really uh, was quick to open up things uh, and, you know, love or hate it or blame or whatever you want uh, the rise of cases in Texas. Some think it was because of Abbott, you know, rushing to open up things. But uh, nevertheless, football's here, guys. And uh, Cowboys are, are going through a lot of things here. Mike, you know, great, great uh, press conference. Yeah, all great things on the on the on the press conference side, and uh, I think it is possible. Dallas Cowboys developed their own little bubble, right? The Omni Hotel, the Star in Frisco, right? The thing's massive. You know, I got to tour it. I was fortunate enough to tour it, um, and we it was on draft day when Leighton Vanderess was drafted, so we didn't get to see the, you know the draft room. We didn't get to see the Cowboys locker room, etc. But we got to see most of it, and it took about an hour and a half for us to just to tour that. And there were still things that we missed out. And the Omni's part of that. And for the Cowboys developing their own bubble, so to speak, it's great. And, and Dak Prescott is, is the leader involved in this bubble. And they asked him on, on, in his press conference why. It's, we, I love football. It, it's, I never even thought about opting out. This is a safe haven for me. This is, this is what I love to do. And just to have that leader in the quarterback like that and develop these bubbles, um, I, Jerry Jones, I think he ha- he's he's a businessman, right? He yeah. said it in his he said I only can control the Cowboys, and uh, 
and that's what he can do. And if, that, if that's bringing in fans, if that's creating the own bubble, he's in control of the Dallas Cowboys, and Jerry Jones isn't pipe-dreaming here, guys, at all. It's very possible that they could have 16 games played with fans in it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a uh, lot, lot to uncover from this onion. You could say they covered all the topics you could think of, uh, you know, at the opening press conference. So, um, you know, one of the things that they, they talked about, obviously, was, you know, having that bubble, like you said, Mike, at the Omni Hotel. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I know what you're saying. So, man, so I like it. You know, it's I think the Saints were one of the first ones to to innovate this. I guess you could say may, maybe others were doing this, but the Saints, you know, to our, you know, Peyton talked about having their own bubble to mitigate those types of things. So I think other clubs are following this. You know, the bubble idea has seemed to work out uh, relatively well for the NBA. You know, I think they want to avoid what's going on with the MLB. All right, they they aren't necessarily doing bubbles at all. They're just kind of trying to keep it under control. But uh, NFL following suit, you know, with, with this bubble uh, type of theory. So good for them. Hopefully it'll take them through the season. They asked, they asked Jerry Jones about do they think they can finish the 16-game season, and he fully believes that they can, you know. And, and you know, I don't expect him to say anything else. You know, he's going to give um, all these confident answers all the time. I, I really don't don't expect him to say, ah, I don't know, you know, maybe eight games or whatever. I <laughs> I pretty much knew he was going to say 16 games. So, Well, and, and Stephen Jones talked about this part too, Joe, is they're set up. The the, the collecting bar agreement, the NFLPA agreement, all that stuff set up where they can turn players on IR. I mean, it's unlimited players from IR onto the roster. Uh, they, they extended the practice squad. Um, they, they narrowed down the time to 45 minutes from practice squad guy to be on the active man roster. Um, so there's, there's a lot of pieces to work with. So if COVID was to hit a couple of players, then you can get those players off practice squad, bring them on, um, and, and play them. Um, so the NFL has really took measures for, for them to likely be 16 games played, plus playoff bracket, plus a Super Bowl winner. Absolutely. And we're talking the ultimate goal, everybody. We want to get from Frisco, Texas to Raymond James Stadium, baby. That's what that's the goal. You know, and every team in the league wants to do it. You know, HBO Hard Knocks is out. We're seeing what a lot of these teams are doing. You know, you know, you see what they're doing there with uh, the Rams and the Chargers, what they're doing. I think a lot of these teams are, are doing as much as possible to mitigate this. You know, if you get infected, you know, you're on the COVID uh, IR list immediately. Okay. Now, the interesting thing here, Mike, obviously the conversation, and, you know, I covered this. What happens if a coach gets this and uh, who, who will take over? Check that video out if you missed it. Backup coaches, right? You need them too. Now, back to the players, though. <clears throat> and this is a conversation that seems to keep, you know, dragging on from the offseason to now. And that is if a, if a player gets COVID, a wide receiver possibly, do you make the call for number 88 or former 88? Does Brian, does he come back into the picture possibly, Mike, as a possible option to fill in one of these spots, or do you go to your practice squad players? I think you got to go to your practice squad players because we, Mike McCarthy already talked about how the offense, um, sure, everything's the same, and, and they're tweaking lingo uh, of the offense, right? Um, 
So if Des Bryant has no playbooks, never even seen a Mike McCarthy playbook, never touched it. So you got to go in-house, right? Um, a, a lot of companies promote within because they don't want to hire a guy from the outside. Um, so you got to promote within. Uh, you got to trust your process. You got to trust Will McClay. Uh, you got to trust your roster cutting and building, not only on the 55-man side, but also on the 16-man practice squad. You got to trust your process. If you got to go out, and, uh, and go get you a, a free agent like Des Bryant to come in here and make immediate impact because our three wide receivers are studs, right? Um, I don't got to name them. You know who they are. And if you got to go get uh, an over 30-year-old wide receiver veteran to come in and learn some lingo real quick who really didn't have that much chemistry with Dak to come in off the street and, and think that you're going to just build chemistry, learn lingo and stuff, it, it's – I don't see Des Bryant touching this football team, even in worst case scenario, Joe. Yeah, yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, I don't see it happening as well. And they have, they brought in their own guys, and that's Mike McCarthy. You know, they they took a look at these undrafted free agents. You know, we just saw uh, Kendrick Rogers; he's on the street now, but they still have other free agents like Aaron Parker out of Rhode Island. I love that player. I'm I'm anxious to see how he looks here when they get into shells. And we should expect that, I think, on Friday, if I'm correct. I think that's what Mike McCarthy said. So, yeah. see these guys in shells, maybe some light walkthroughs. Let's see what goes on, man. But, Mike, let's, let's hit upon what they talked about as far as the offensive line, Mike. They did hit on that, and I think this was an interesting conversation. Yeah, so uh, some reporters asked Mike McCarthy about the offensive line, and, uh, and he said Joe Looney right now is playing center. and. Connor McGovern is actually on the left guard side of things because Connor Williams is still rehabbing. Connor Williams didn't start the season on pup. So that's kind of, that's kind of uh, funny lingo on Mike McCarthy's side, because if, if, if there was some trouble there, he would have been on pup, right? Don Terry and Poe, Tyron Crawford, these guys obviously coming off surgery and stuff, no different from Connor Williams. So to me, it's telling me that, Mike McCarthy wants the five guys on the field to practice to build continuity with each other because that's going to help Zeke and, and, and Tony Pollard. Um, and right now, you got 77, you got McGovern, you got Looney, Zach Martin, and you got Lyle Collins right now. That's your five offensive line going into camp, Joe. Yeah, Mike McGovern. And, and, and you know, Connor Williams did have this ACL surgery. Um, you know, a couple months ago. So I know there is that recovery, you know, for that. It's it's not a minor surgery, an ACL tendon reconstructing and that kind of thing, moving things around depending on the uh, on the uh, severity of it, right? Um, but Connor McGovern, man, I think right now he's getting the reps. He got the reps last, last time in minicamp, you know, uh, filling in for, um, I think Travis Frederick was still coming along, right? So McGovern got some of those snaps. And people were all like, hey, what you know, what is this? But that's what they like. You know, they, they like this versatility on the offensive line, Beatish, McGovern. But McGovern, for me, all along has been the guy that I want to push Connor Williams there. Okay. Um, let's see how the peck holds up. He had back-to-back peck injuries, you know, injured, re-injured it. Did they push him a little too early to come back? Possibly. But uh, he's got another year under the belt. You're going to think he's a lot stronger in, under this NFL, you know, program now. So I'm excited about that, man. And and, he, and like you mentioned, Tyler Biadish at center. The competition will be that. You know, let, let's not go ahead and anoint Joe Looney because he's the vet. Now, 
practically speaking, that does sound like the route that would, you know, would happen because there's no preseason, right? But right. at the end of the day, you know, McCarthy, I feel he's going to be this type of coach that if the best man wins, I don't think this will be like status quo under Jason Garrett where, yeah, we're going to give the starting nod to uh, Tyron Crawford or we're going to give a starting nod to, uh, you know, a Sean Lee or somebody, you know, these players that are kind of on the back end of the career. Let some of these young players come up and uh, show up and help elevate this team to a championship. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we t- you talk about Connor McGovern's peck and stuff. Absolutely, he was rushed back. Uh, and it seemed like under the previous regime that a lot of players got rushed back and they really couldn't, you know, nurse their hamstrings and, and fix the, 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 the deep tissue injuries uh, because they were getting rushed back. And, and a lot of it's on the players, too. If, if they think they can play, they're going to play. A lot of players are stubborn. They just love the game, right? But, you know, Connor McGovern had a lot of time to heal up, a lot of time to make that peck stronger. Um, and, you know, being that third grade, being that third grade pick, uh, that third round pick, I, I don't see a reason why he can't beat out Connor Williams. Um, and, and make, and because, I mean, at Penn State, McGovern was everywhere on that offensive line. Um, so I don't see why he can't pick it up and beat out Texas product Williams. I just don't, I, don't, I just don't see it. Yeah. Shout out to everybody in the chat box. We do appreciate everybody that's joined us live here. Appreciate you guys. We'll start taking questions here in, in a little bit. Now, the main topic here that I really want to talk about and the, the most important piece that I took from today's press conferences, and I'm talking about the Dak Prescott conference. So let's transition to a little bit of this. And, um, you know, you're talking about Dak Prescott having his own press conference. They haven't talked to him in a while. Uh, you know, they asked him about his brother after asking him some of these other questions. You could see he kind of got a l- emotional, watery-eyed. You know, that's expected. But, uh, man, you, you got to love what, what Dak Prescott's all about, the message, you know, everything he's doing for social injustice and these types of deals. Um, you know, he's the face, face of the franchise, all right? Yeah. And um, they asked him if he, if he uh, looked leaned. He accepted the compliment. You know, I think it was Jane Sleater that asked him that. And uh, he just said that, you know, with age, you know, things moved around. I don't know, muscle mass, things like that. So he does, man. He looks like he's in great shape. But I want to play a clip for you guys here of the most important piece. And it came towards the end of the Dak Prescott press conference. They asked him, what was the difference between Jason Garrett and Mike McCarthy. Take a listen to this. Biggest changes, um, I just honestly, like I just said, communication. Um, I think from the offensive line to the receivers out wide, um, everybody knows why and everybody knows their purpose and everybody knows where they need to be and the whole uh, point of that within the play. And I think that just gives us all knowledge. I mean, um, we're somewhat of a, of a vet, veteran guys, young guys who've played a lot of football earlier in their career, but um, I wouldn't say that we're, we've been as smart as we've needed to be uh, within the game of football. And I think that's what these coaches have come and added um, and just got us all speaking the same language. And I think that's going to be huge. So, I mean, the whole press conference, and he hits us with this at the end, what is the difference? Communication, right, Mike? So you break that down and he made – and he, the part that really stood out to me was Mike McCarthy communicating, explaining – why our players are lined up a certain way and what the role is within the play uh, and, you know, being smart about it. So it almost makes you want to wonder, 
what was happening under Garrett? Was was he lining up players, you know, and they didn't know where they were supposed to go or, you know, things like that. So what's your thought on this biggest difference between Mike McCarthy and Jason Garrett? Well, if you look at Amari Cooper's, one of Amari Cooper's post-game interviews, he talked about against the Eagles, Scott Lenahan uh, was calling certain routes and he, that's like the fourth time, fifth time they called that route in that game. And it, and it never worked the whole time they called it during the game. So Amari Cooper made that adjustment with Dak Prescott uh, to, to make those fundamental changes. And obviously he hit a fly route and scored because he knew that that strong safety was going to bite on that interrupt that they've ran previous four times. Um, so it, it wasn't that the offense, um, it was just throw wide receivers out there. They don't know what they're doing. I'll give Jason Garrett a little more credit than that. I think it was a safe, uh, like, like let's say it, it's hailing, right? And you need a tent to save your car. Well, the, the wide receiver route was, was the tent to save the car. And it just never worked out that way. Um, I mean, you looked at Cole Beasley's role right, and why he left to Buffalo. You look at Dwayne's Harris role and why he went to Buffalo. Like a lot of uh, wide receivers never, they developed, but they never took that next leap until they went to a different team. Um, and, and that's it, it was a very stale wide receiver route tree. And you touched on a great point, the why. Why is this important to me? Why should I run this route on this play? Why should I go underneath here? And that's what everybody's purpose here on earth is. They want to know the why of things. It's a mental thing. And uh, it's huge to break that down and understand the importance of your role on each play, each snap, each route tree, because there's a why behind it, and Mike McCarthy's explaining to you why this is important. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. The lunatic in the house, as usual, appreciate you. Shout out to him. Makes a great comment here. Garrett is, we did not execute well. McCarthy is, put players in position to win. Exactly. And I think this is what uh, what Dak Prescott's talking about. You know, he's, he's, you know, McCarthy's going to explain the play, why you're here, what your purpose is for this play. CD Lamb, we're going to line you up here, but we're going to we're going to have you block for Zeke right here. All right, man. Got you, coach. Let's do it. Let's rock and roll. Let's open up some lanes for Zeke. Let's uh, pound the rock on that play. So I don't think there's a guessing game, you know, audibles, I think. So, man, I'm excited about this. And, and, and that is just really, really what, what stood out to me. And when I heard Dak Prescott say that, it was exciting, but it was also a little bit of an, an indictment, not a, like, kind of like a low-key type of shade, I guess. And I know Dak's not not that type of player, but, right. you know, you could, you could kind of get the feeling like, man, if we could only play smarter, if we could only have done better, we probably would have won at least three more games. And then you're in the playoffs. You're in the tournament. So, yeah, uh, I totally agree with you there, the lunatic. I think that's exactly what Dak Prescott was uh, explaining there, you know. Anything else in that press conference that, that, that stood out to you, you know, whether it was Cowboys with, with uh, McCarthy and Jones or, or the Dak Prescott press conference? No, no, yeah. I, th- there's a lot to dissect, and I, and I want to talk about Dak Prescott reaching out to the state of Oklahoma um, to, to uh, you know, get, get this innocent that Dak Prescott thinks he's very innocent, seen a lot of error, errors in his in his trial and stuff. 
and you and, and to tie this into what Jerry Jones was saying uh, about the first time going around, you know, he had players ride with cops who wanted to kneel and, and take a day in their shoes. And this is how the Dallas Cowboys and, and Jerry Jones talked about the ratings and the Cowboys are the most watched NFL football team. So there's a huge business aspect of it than just wearing a star when you play for the Dallas Cowboys. And Jerry Jones, like he said, he has to protect the Dallas Cowboys. But at the same time, listen to the players and have that conversation, you know, and a very intelligent conversation, right? And the first time Jerry Jones said, players, go ride with cops, go walk in a cop's shoes every day, blah, 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 blah. That's why players didn't kneel. And that was kind of in-house up until this point. And the second time around, now we're seeing players put forth that effort. Um, you know, Dak Prescott talked about not defunding the police. Dak Prescott talked about, um, you know, giving, um, you know, b- black Americans uh, a second chance in this world because they might have been convicted wrong. And, and that's how you handle it. Yeah, you can protest. You can kneel. Um, and, and, and don't get me wrong, guys. I, I, I'm all for protest. Uh, that's your American right. But if you're going to be about it, be about it. Right. Um, Dak Prescott donated a million dollars to to the police. He just wrote a letter to the governor. That's being about talking about it and being about it. That's being about it, being about it. If you're going to kneel and you don't do anything for the communities, then you're just kneeling. You're, you're, it's, it's a lost cause at that point. And that's what I love about the Dallas Cowboys here, Joe. Not only are they talking about it, they're addressing it. They're putting their money where their mouth is because the Lord knows they got a lot of it. And, 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 and they're trying to do the best of the community. And, and that's how you do it, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not even surprised by Doc Prescott, you know, doing this pledge and everything. Like you said, it's uh, it's just a testament to him, you know, and, and what he is for the, for this team. Um, for me, that's my quarterback. You know, I'm rolling with Doc Prescott, you know, and like we've always talked about just with Romo, you have the haters, you have the lovers, you know, it, it, it's you have the two. And that's where Doc Prescott is with with this fan base. OK, it's 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 nothing new, you know. Romo had it, Dak has it. So we'll see how he does, man. But this offense is really uh, set up to really do well. You know, from what you're hearing, they're building the, the building blocks, the foundation that they're building here, you know, started free agency, the draft, adding the players and working in the offseason virtually. And now we're finally getting here to some on-field action here over the next couple of days. So, a very exciting time for the Cowboys and um, and very, very good time to be to be a fan because it's uh, we, do, we don't know what's going to happen. Right. We're, we're kind of thinking that uh, there will be football and it looks like, you know, they're fully intent to have football. And uh, I can't wait. You know, I can't wait for the, that kickoff. You know, we're what about under where are we at now? Four weeks away. I think it was like five or four weeks away. Right. So. September Man. 13th. That's what it is. And, you know, they, they asked Dak Prescott about this, about the preseason. Like, how do you feel about that? And his answer was, well, you know, it's a it's a even playing field because the other teams uh, don't have that preseason action either. So it's a question a lot of teams and, and players are being asked around the league, and uh, everybody's thinking the same thing. You know, it, it is. You know, we're probably going to see some rust, some sloppy football the first couple of weeks. But, hey, man. <laughs> We've been missing sports for a long time, and, man, if you're watching this, you love football, you love the Dallas Cowboys, 
and we're ready for it, you know. Do I want to see a bunch of flags out there by the referees? There's going to be a lot of flags. There will be. There will be a lot of flags. But at, at this point, man, I don't give a crap. I'm ready for it. Bring it on. Bring Absolutely. it on. Um, but, you know, it's it, it's an interesting it's an interesting time right now, you know, for sure. Yeah. D, uh, D. Lunatic said, uh, when are the Cowboys going to bring in competition for the punter position? Yeah. Joe? Yeah, great, great conversation because you know that we saw we we did away with Cobra Kai. You know he's gone, right? So he's gone. So now we we gave it over to Zerline, but that's the kicker, the punter position. You know, did we get rid of the wrong kicker? Uh, you know, Chris Jones had one of the worst, uh, you know, fielding of the the punts and that kind of thing. The low, one of the lowest averages, you know, on um on kick. So he's really gone downhill really quick. So I'm really kind of surprised that they haven't brought in a kicker, you know, to, to compete. Maybe it's something we'll, we'll crack here, but they are, they are kind of barely getting by with, with the 80, 80 man limit that they're under. So you can kind of see where, where they want to go with, uh, with all that, man. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so Chris Jones, right, uh, last year he averaged 41.6 yards a kick. Um, he had 18 of them in the 20-yard line, um, and that was out of 50 punts. Uh, he netted 2,079 yards with the longest punt of 58 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, so 50 punts, 18 in the 20. Uh, to really kick off his career, he had 77 punts. In 2013 and 30 uh, in, in the 20s, so numbers have dipped a little bit. Uh, he actually punted a lot less, um, nursing growing injuries, things of that sort. You know, Garrett being under the hot seat for you know not going for it on fourth downs and stuff. So you kind of see Jason Garrett last year go for it on fourth down more than he normally did because of that. You know, we all know the games that we're talking about here. Um, but for the most part, I think if he can get that growing in- injury fixed, he, you know, he could probably do, uh, I mean, what was his best? I mean, 66 with almost half in there uh, at 34 yards in the 20-yard line. I mean, that, that's really good number. That's almost half of your kicks inside the 20, which great is, is good opposition for the, for the Cowboys defense. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't say competition yet because Bone Fossil, I'm sure, has been evaluating him before that growing injury and stuff like that and probably sees – uh, you know, some uniqueness in him that he could probably still bring out of him. Because, I mean, Greg Zerline, he wasn't the best field goal kicker the last couple of years either, and Bone Fossil still believes in him. So let's hold off on it just yet, and let, let's Bones work his magic, who I still think is the most uh, underrated head coach hire that the Dallas Cowboys did. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think maybe that's what they're doing. They're hoping that this can be resolved by coaching. So we'll see. You know, um, if it's not, if they're if things aren't going well, they'll have to bring somebody in. But then you do have to make that roster change. You do have to make a cut to bring in a competitor. So uh, right now it's all hands on deck. You know, I, I want to evaluate this roster as, as good as possible. And then maybe at the end of this thing, when there's other cuts, maybe then they make a change at punter. But for right now, all hands on deck. Let's take a look at all these young defensive linemen. Uh, let's take a look at some of these backup wide receivers undrafted and, and uh, second and third year players like Cedric Wilson, 
and then you look Devin Smith, Aaron Parker, these guys. I want to see who's going to be, you know, that fourth, fifth receiver. Okay, that's important. You know, we do have the three studs, but after that, let's get that right. Let's get that right. Let's get the depth behind Demarcus Lawrence and the depth behind Alden Smith. Let's get that right. So definitely, definitely. Um, when do the pads come on, Mike? You know, like we said, they're going to go in shells here first. So full pads practice, I think I think you're still a little bit uh, out on that. I think maybe another week or two possibly. I know that they're limited on that as well with, with the, uh, I guess, the revamp CBA due to the COVID. They got – they got 14 padded, full padded practices that they can use all the way up until September 13th. Yeah. So that's not, that's not bad there. So I, I respect probably after shells, you'll probably start seeing those, those come upon. So that'll be good. Uh, we'll start taking some questions here. One way Reggie. Can Looney start? Mike, what's your thoughts? I think we kind of hit on this, but let, let's follow up on it now. Absolutely. He, 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 that's my answer. He can start. What do you, what do you think, Joe? Yeah, yeah, he can start, and like like we just said, I think it's part of the uh, the, the lack of preseason where that might give him the little bit of the edge. But once these pads come on and they start to evaluate, Tyler Biadish could see a change there. You know, yeah, maybe that maybe they split some snaps there. So very good. Go go one up from that comment, Cowboys fan talk. Um, he said, "I want to know how you guys feel about Mike Nolan and the new defense of a look." Absolutely. Cowboys fan talk, the guy that I just shouted out early in the show. Make sure you guys follow him. He's got great content, no BS. Um, and what I like about his his description in his YouTube is he doesn't report uh, breaking news. You know, we, you, every community has that YouTuber that is the the newsbreaker, like a Mark Holmes or or Law Nation. These these guys, but Cowboys fan talk, I I um I, I like that in the description. Give him a follow. Uh, but let's get back to this question. I want to know how you guys feel about Mike Nolan and the new look defense. So, yeah, man, I um, we kind of talked about this a couple of podcasts back. You know, a lot of his success was a little bit earlier in his uh, in his career, right? Uh, and now, some of the other issues he's had were kind of related to teams that weren't so good, so that kind of made him look a little bad. But you know, he does have the uh, reputation of being a you know, one of these coaches that has a lot of experience and that can assemble a good staff. And that's what I like about Mike Nolan, you know, and, and then they had to make the change, you know, that the whole thing, the, the Ron Marinelli type of player and what they wanted, it just wasn't working here. Right. I mean, you had, you wanted smaller, faster defensive tackles, but they were getting mauled. They were getting run over it. And they, they, they kept wanting to stick with it. It didn't work with Mike Nolan. They evaluated this, and they they knew they had to get bigger. They had to get those double cheeseburgers right there in the middle, baconators, <laughs> and and that's what it is. So I think we're gonna we're gonna see a more aggressive uh, play style, disguising the plays. You know, I think uh, you know they you, you look at some of these interviews from Orlando Scandrick and some of these things that you that you hear from uh, Xavier Woods and and maybe some of these other. Uh, players that you know some some things look like it was coaching you know they were limited as to what they could do so I think you know they're going to take the governor off and let these guys go full speed you know we're not going to be stopped at 40 miles an hour it's going to be let's seek and strike what I love too about this uh, Cowboys fan talk is uh, the, the the move of 
LVE to middle linebacker. He's going to have the green dot on his helmet, you know. And I really want to, I really want to hone in on this guy. So, 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 so take a listen. Take, take a, take a look at this. What I'm about to say. So, Jalen Smith, you know, they they took it away from him, and some may think it's it's a something bad against Jalen Smith, but it's not the case. This is an evaluation of what these players do well. I'm a Notre Dame fan. I watched Jalen Smith on coming up, and I knew his freshman year that he was going to be a baller. I tweeted to him his freshman year. I said, this guy is going to play on Sundays, and he made it to the Cowboys. But why he succeeded, he wasn't a middle linebacker at Notre Dame. He was a uh, almost like a hybrid type of outside linebacker. They could use him in the pass rush, so he could be that designated pass rusher type of player, but more of you know, the seek and strike. He can play fast. You know, he's got the speed, obviously. And that's where he excelled at Notre Dame. They had a big front, defensive tackles. They had a good linebacker next to him, and they let him go to work. And I think they saw that, and they said, we need to to get Jalen Smith, the Notre Dame Jalen Smith. We have the big guys up front now. Let him roam around. You got this other boss here, the Wolf Hunter. I'm really excited about Jalen Smith. A little bit more than, than LVE moving to the middle because I think they evaluated these two players correctly and what they're going to bring to the defense. And sorry to get long-winded there, Mike, but what, what's your take on this, man? No, you, you, great, great points, by the way. I mean, if, if anybody on this show is going to talk about Notre Dame product, it's going to be you. <laughs> so, uh, but no, uh, definitely, I'm excited about this Mike Nolan look simply because the stunts – are still going to be there, but it's not going to be every play. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, we, we, we talk about Dak Prescott saying the why, the execution of the routes, and on why things are going to work this way. So that goes to defense, too. That translates just as much to defense. And maybe now we won't get killed on screens because Demarcus Lawrence might have the assignment of outside containment on a lot of plays versus – crash inside and, and, and leave the screen wide open. Um, and th- that's a great thing. So that that's what I'm most excited about. And Mike Nolan knows how to use linebackers. He's been a, line, a linebacker coach in the, in the National Football League a very long time. Put on the Saints film last year and, and look what he did with those linebackers. And I think the Cowboys have even better linebackers than the Saints and, and Leighton Vander Esch and, 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 and Jalen Smith itself. So – and then he gets to use these linebackers in a scheme of his own. That's exciting because the front seven is is the core of your defense. I mean, you look at um, a lot of these top corners. What do they have? They had a, a great front seven, and that's where it starts on a defense. It starts in the trenches, and it starts at that second level. If you're, if, I don't know if you guys remember, but Barry Church used to lead this team in tackles at a strong safety position. If he's leading team, if he's leading your team in tackles at a strong safety position, there's something wrong in your defense, and you got to go check that front seven. And that front seven for the Cowboys now, Joe, that's exciting, and that's what I like about Mike Nolan. Yeah, and a great question by Cowboys fan talk. Hit him up, man. Great, great guy there. I'm, I will try to get him here on on the first report here uh, soon, um, and, and do a little bit of a small roundtable with him. Great guy. Follow him. Uh, Donald Jenkins kind of has a, a follow-up to this. How do you feel about Jen Smith blitzing more? Yeah, ex- kind of uh, expanding more on what we talked about. I think that's how they want to use him. You know, he was pretty good at it where he was playing 
You know, they, they blitzed him here and there. You know, Rod Marinelli wasn't a big blitzer. But uh, I feel like Mike Nolan will utilize him a lot better. And uh, it's hard to block that speed. You know, uh, Jen Smith is, is is at another level. You know, when I first started this channel, I, I you know, I, I met Jalen Smith and I asked him about his 40. And I said, how are you looking on your 40? And he said he was getting there. He was getting close. And you see that play he made on, on – um, you know, uh, Deshaun Watson, where he went sideline to sideline and boom, hit him there. That was closing speed like we don't have. Like, Cowboys have, have been missing speed at the linebacker position. And these guys, they play fast because they do study this playbook. You know, when you when when you know where you're supposed to be, you play faster. And um, I feel really good about this. And we, we need to give some credit to Sean Lee as far as mentoring these guys. And I think it's an, it's an important piece to keep – Sean Lee here. I think he's more in that mentorship slash player coach type of role right now in his career, which is not a bad thing. He'll, he'll surely he'll still get his plays in, but I think at the end of the day, at the end of these guys' careers, I wouldn't be surprised if that at the end of this they say, "I have to credit Sean Lee for teaching me how to be a pro in this deal," and uh, and that's that's where a lot of this success might come from at the end of the day. So, yeah, man, great question. Absolutely. When when Jalen Smith uh, got drafted and, you know, I, it was kind of a shock. You can see my reaction on my channel and stuff. It was shocking. And then after the draft, you know, I kind of did the scouting report on it. And I said to myself, I said, self, I said, Jalen Smith, if used properly, could be our Von Miller. Because Von Miller at that time was tearing it up with the Broncos. Right. And I can still see that. And I, I, and I think that vision's still there. And uh, Blitzen Moore. Bring it on because, I mean, you look at Von Miller, you look at Jalen, there's a lot of traits to me that are very similar where Jalen can really pop off and probably be the defensive player in the National Football League if they use him correctly. Yeah, yeah. Something that we that we didn't really hit on, but it is kind of uh, some news that hit between our two uh, podcasts from last week to this week was Randy Gregory, right? So the whole deal about – him now, you know, talking to, uh, you know, his representative and having issues, right? So looks like he's kind of caught in limbo. Zay e comes out with the, with this. Do you think Randy Gregory will play this year, Mike? I, I think I think so. And uh, you know how the commissioner is. You know how the NFL is towards Dallas Cowboy players. Um, and it just takes time. You know, he's already burned bridges once with the NFL commissioner. Um, it's like quitting a job and then putting your application in for them to rehire. They, re they rehire you, you quit again, and then they're like, oh, I need a job. Let me apply again. You already left us twice. Why should I trust you? And it's, it's kind of similar. You know, yeah, you're probably doing everything right. Uh, yeah, you probably held job history for a long time, but you quit us twice. So why should I bring you back, right? And, and, the, and the NFL, it, it's, it's, we forget sometimes it's a business, right? But he has to continually prove day in and day out, number one, that uh, he's healthy. Number two, he's mentally healthy and that he could pass some, some drug tests because he's still going off the old collective barter agreement because he hasn't been re reinstated. Once he gets reinstated, then he goes on the new collective barter agreement. So he's still functioning on the old one because that's when he got suspended. So, um, you know, he has to continue doing things right. I think a rant might put – you know, the NFL on, on a scene, 
but the scene's temporary because Randy Gregory isn't trending no more. See what I'm saying? He just has to be patient, Joe. I think he can. I think the patience just has to be there. Yeah, and that's something that Mike Fisher kind of stated that it's it's all about patience here. Uh, but you got to feel for the frustration on Randy Gregory. Um, he, he could definitely come out here. We we've shown him come off of suspension and help immediately. Albeit he looked a little winded at times. We saw Rod Marinelli kind of run him into the ground to get that to elevate that uh, that cardio stamina, that cardio mm-hmm. and the stamina. Uh, but once he got it back up, you saw what he was able to do, harass the quarterback, Eli Manning's face all day long, baby. I love it. So I don't know. I think if we can get him, it'll be icing on the cake. If he doesn't get back here, it'll be a shame. Um, it would suck, but it, that is what it is right now. Jerry Hopper with the comment here. Tony Pollard is a Cowboys sleeper in 2020. He's going to light it up. Exclamation points. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I just did a video on these guys, right? Flash and thunder, right? So Tony Pollard, definitely that flash, really elusive player, really hard to catch and tackle in the open field. You know, you talk about these types of players that uh, are elusive like that, and it adds another dimension to your team. And Mike McCarthy, I feel confident, will finally utilize this player and not waste him on the bench, (laughs) okay? Uh, They wasted his talent, and and, – he did have a pretty decent amount of yards, you know, 455 yards rushing, a couple of catches, TDs here and there. But, uh, you know, with McCarthy, I think he definitely sees that talent, the matchup nightmare that you can give Pollard. You could line him up in the slot. He'll be a nightmare for a linebacker to cover him. I could tell you that, or even a safety. So line him up, man, and then light up the defense with him. So, yeah, I think he's going to do well, man. I do agree with that. Tony uh, Pollard. Tony yeah. Pollard. Yeah. I, I think uh I think he, I mean he has to be used, right? I mean the guy like you I love I love the comparison lightning and thunder, by the way. That's pretty clever. Because I mean, even on Madden, dude, Tony Pollard, he, he's a different speed element, even in Madden. And I, I and when you bring that into real life, you know, I, the five wide receiver fronts, I can see Zeke Pollard, C.D. Lamb, Mike Gallup, and Amari Cooper all out there tearing some crap up because all that's all mit- mismatches. You can't double everybody. And uh, if he's used properly, I, I, I think I think he, he's definitely a sleeper. Great question. No. Yeah. Uh, question here from Cowboys Fan Talk. I have a good question. Do you think C.D. Lamb will split out wide in later part of the year? I think he familiarized himself with the offense and they'll move him out and Amari into the slot. So, yeah, I definitely think that this will happen. It might even happen sooner than that. You know, it's uh, it's all about how he's going to look here in a training camp grasping that playbook. So if he has a good grasp of the playbook, they trust him, and there's that camaraderie, that connection, uh, chemistry with Dak Prescott, we might see it earlier than that. But for sure, man, I do see that – Eventually, we'll see all sorts of looks. You know, Mike McCarthy did that with the Green Bay Packers, moving Cobb on the outside, putting him back into the slot. Uh, Ty Montgomery out from the backfield as an H-back, back into the receiver, putting him in the slot. I mean, Mike McCarthy, what I love about him, he's not going to be predictable. Are we going to be a run-first team? I, don't, I think that's out the window. That was so predictable with, with Jason Garrett. We knew when we, we would roll out here on first down, 
and we would run, you know, and, and, and the teams knew it. So I think those days, you know, it should be over. <laughs> but uh, I do like that. I think we're going to see – we're definitely going to see that Cowboys fan talk. I definitely think we're going to see that. Yeah, he, he talked about in the later part of the year. Um, I, I think it's going to be in the early part of the year, right? We just talked about the the, the dimensions of Mike McCarthy's offense and how Dak Prescott – is, is soaking that in and, and understanding the why of certain players or certain where's whereabouts on the offense, X, Y, Z, the slot, whatever. And I think, uh, I think you'll see a CD lamb moving around a lot because you want to create mismatches any way you can. Like I said, you just, you can't double everybody and you got, uh, you know, we, we, we don't talk about Blake Jarwin enough. I don't think, I think he could really excel uh, in, in, in a Mike McCarthy offense Yeah, because a lot of underdogs, you know, excelled at that tight end position under Mike McCarthy. A lot of tight ends killed us in place in playoff games too. But going back to the topic here, um, uh, you're going to see a lot of it early because it's all mismatching. It's about putting players in positions to win. Yeah, it'll be great, man. I can't wait to see it. Donnell Jenkins. I remember the days of Sean Lee playing, of not playing, and we would lose. I I, I remember those two, Donnell, and it would, it would drive me crazy. It's like it's like your player would be out, and then these guys would crumble. They would fold like a cheap suit. So, my, you know, we definitely don't have that anymore. Um, you know, they have a really good redundancy at the linebacker position. But we did see when when uh, LVE was out, we saw Jalen Smith kind of, you know, I wouldn't say play not good but everything was really on pressure on him to perform and you know he was just trying to make a little bit too many plays in some of these games he got criticized for some of that but I think for the most part these linebacker core is going to be something to watch it could be the the uh, underrated squad of this group you know we're, we're seeing kind of a refresh in the secondary but when you're looking at the linebackers there really wasn't a change you know they they really didn't make any moves. They didn't really add anything to it. We're bringing back Luke Gifford, who I think is up and coming. LVE, Jalen Smith, Joe Thomas is back. Uh, March, uh, Justin March is there. So, you know, they didn't really, you know, spicing it up. They do have uh, Francis Bernard as an undrafted free agent. He's really going to have to make it in probably special teams to to scratch in here, to, to claw onto the roster. But, uh, yeah, man. I remember those days, John Donnell. <laughs> we talked about this like three or four, maybe yeah, about four shows back. And, I mean, it, it, we can laugh about it now, but we were so miserable as fans when it happened because we know when Sean Lee gimped and held his leg, we're going to lose the game. Yeah. And uh, I think the turning page to that was week two against the Denver Broncos when they just embarrassed us. And then that storm delay happened. Sean Lee got injured. And I think that was a turning point where Will McClay is like, okay, we got to start fooling. We got to stop fooling around with the linebacker position and get some talent in here. Yeah. Great questions in the chat box, guys. We're trying to get through these as much as we can. Uh, I love the conversation. I love, I love the convo going on in the chat box. Shout out to you guys. Thanks for showing out and showing up. Um, you know, we got one here from Cowboys fan 1973, Mike. I'll let you take this one here. Crawford or Smith? At defensive, at right defensive end. This is my training camp battle right here. Um, and when you talk about a guy that hasn't played in four years, and you talked about a guy that's coming off injury, right? So competition is going to be fair. There's going to be rust. They're probably going to get a good amount of snaps, um, a, a good, a fair amount of snaps, I should say. 
And uh, I'm going to give the leverage to Alden Smith because there's a thing called muscle memory. And Alden Smith, since he's been in this in, in the football league playing football, he's been dominant. And I'm going with muscle memory. I'm going with pure talent. I'm going with Alden Smith. Yeah, yeah, Alden Smith, I think he just he, – he's a lot better off the edge. He, he has his coach here with Tom Sula. And it'll be like they never left. All right. It's a marriage made in heaven. I mean, you you can't ask for anything better than that. He really excelled under Tom Sula. That's really where his career took off. And we're talking double digit sacks. And this is what this is what I've been pounding the table on for this defense to become elite, because we gotta be better than good. We got this defense has to be better than good. It just it has to. And to do that, you gotta have two double digit sack artists. All right. Cowboys defenses of the day that went to the championship games and Super Bowls that had double-digit sack guys on both ends. You can't just have one. You got to have two, all right, consistently. Yeah. So if you get that out of Alden Smith and Demarcus Lawrence, his defense is going to really uh, feast in all areas because then you're going to get errant throws. You're going to get hurried passes. You're going to get deflected you know, uh, passes and all kinds of things. It's going to turn the tide for the Cowboys defense and put your offense in striking distance for the end zone. I I, I can't wait, man. Uh, I really hope all this comes to fruition. You know? Yeah. Great question yeah. here by the lunatic. I love this one. Let's talk about this. Why should we move Cheeto to safety when he gives us best chance to win at cornerback, especially since his, since he probably won't be here next year. Yeah. Great question. I, I, it's a great question. And, uh, you know, Mike McCarthy talked about the flexibility piece of it. Um, but uh, you, you got to keep him. You got to keep him at a uh, at cornerback position. Uh, we, I, we t- I talked about this, you know, past shows that, you know, we glorified Chris Richard so much, but we missed, you know, the detail of turning heads and stuff. All that goes on coaching. And, uh, and Cheeto was a ball at Colorado, a ball hawk at Colorado State. And I think with the right coaching uh, and Al Harris, and, and, and Maurice, um, I can't think of his last name, but uh, and Maurice from A&M, I think uh, with the right coach, I think Cheeto can really excel. And it might not be his last year. Maybe he can get like an Anthony Brown-esque type contract. Yeah. You, you have to – I think of the three that are, that are you know, potentially leaving in the secondary apocalypse in 2021, Jordan Lewis, Xavier Woods, and Cheeto Wuzier – uh, I, I would think that at least one of these guys you have to bring back. Um, I just don't see them letting all three of them walk. Now, may, maybe that's not the case. Maybe they do do a complete rebuild. You know, they have drafted players that kind of make you think that that's what they're kind of doing with Reggie Robinson, Donovan Wilson, up-and-coming player, and Trayvon Diggs, right? So it, it is quite possible that they let all three of these guys go. But, you know, whoever shows up and looks good during the season – I would tend more to try to hammer something out over the bye week. Don't let it fester. It may cost you more money. Awuze wants that secondary money. He wants that cornerback money. He doesn't want safety money. He knows that at safety, even if he plays well, he's not going to be in that upper echelon like a Jamal Adams, Earl Thomas, where you're going to demand, you know, uh, 17, 18, $20 million a year, right? So, um, is, he's he's better off at cornerback. I mean, he saw what what uh, what Byron Jones was able to pull, and I like Cheeto 
I like Cheeto better. I think he's a more physical cornerback than Byron is. He'll stick his nose in there. He'll go and hit a Marshawn Lynch and not flinch. I love that. That really stood out to me. <laughs> you know, when Cheeto uh, saw Marshawn, not a lot of cornerbacks or secondary players are going to put their nose in there and tackle and hit a Marshawn Lynch. You know right. what I mean? They might throw a shoulder into the thigh or something like that. Cheeto went toe-to-toe, hit him up high, and and I love it, man. So let, let's see what it can happen, man. Let's see what he can do under Al Harris, which I really have a lot of faith in. I, I loved him as a player. Let's see what he can do if he can rub off on these guys and, and give them that type of magic dust and, and give them the type of style that he played with. Because Al Harris was a menace at cornerback, man. His technique was, was one of the best during the time he was playing. And if he can rub off on that onto these secondary players, watch out, man. We might have some pro bowlers come out of this. And if that's the case, maybe they all do walk out and punch that that ticket for a big contract, you know? So we'll see what happens there. But, uh, yeah, great question. Uh, Cheeto, cornerback. You know, I, I just don't see them moving him. It doesn't make any sense, really. It doesn't. Now, like I said, I think uh, if you are looking at somebody that, that could move into that type of transition, I'm looking more at Wardley. I think he's a little bit bigger um, and looks a little bit more like a safety type of hybrid type of player. So maybe Wardley. Uh, but not not Cheeto, in my humble opinion. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's see what else we got here in the chat box, guys. We'll take a few more here before we cut out. Shout out to the Lunatic. Thank you for the donation. Appreciate that, brother. Uh, what else we got in the chat box? Anything here standing out to you, Mike? You wanna you wanna answer? Yeah, Cowboy fan talk with another one. Okay, last question. What's your early schedule prediction? I'm going 11 and five, but we get rolling early, maybe 12 and four. So he's adding an extra game there with the early success rate. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll see. You know, I I, uh, I definitely don't think that the Cowboys will lose. I mean, who who are the? I don't see us going eight and eight, nine and seven, even ten and six, right? I'm like, who would the who would the six teams be that we lose to? Even at five, I think that might be like the minimum. So I, I definitely agree with you there, Cowboys fan talk. Eleven and five, we get rolling twelve and four. I like anywhere from twelve and four to fourteen and two. I think that's the sweet spot, and and it it is okay to be confident in this team under under Mike McCarthy. I know some fans are still kind of lukewarm on the idea thinking that it's going to be the same old, same old. But it, it's it's okay to to believe in this. You know, it's, a, it's quite all right to, to think that we're going to do better. So, yeah, man, 12-4, and four, that's a great record. You know, uh, 12 wins in this NFL, in this day and age, you're in the playoffs, you're in the tournament. 12-4, and four, you're, you're in the thick of it. So I think the Cowboys will be in the thick of it. So I think it will be, like I said, anywhere from 12-4 and four, to four and two. And I think you get a litmus test with the Ravens. Um, you get a litmus test there with, with the 49ers. And then you kind of roll the dice with the NFC East. Cause I think with, yeah. with NS, NFC East, everybody plays you hard. You, you really can't, you really can't put a win in, in the place for a lot of these, but uh, yeah, man, great question. Yeah. I, it's, it's hard to, I, I think our early prediction was 16 and 0. Um, and, and I think, like, I think the, yours was 15 and one or 16. And yeah. Hey, the Miami dolphins, man, we got to go for that record. Right. That's right. That's right. 
But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the schedule again. You know, Cowboys blog brought up a great point and about the Ravens and, and the 49ers. And this was before Alden Smith signing and stuff when we made this early schedule prediction. But you, we got defenses that can contain Russell Wilson. We got defenses that can contain a Lamar Jackson. If your players are playing up to, to par like we expect them to be, it's hard to even uh, – it's easy, so to speak. It's easy to get into the Ravens, to the head, Russell Wilson's head, Lamar Jackson's head. You know, like, uh, you know, and I, I it's going to be tough, you know, to say who we lose to because I, I really trust this system and, and the players are saying all the right things. They're buying into it. They looked a little more refreshed and what they're learning here under a new coach. They look very refreshed, breath of fresh air. And uh, I, I can't pinpoint who I'm losing to. So, Joe, I'm sticking with my prediction of 16 and 0. Yeah, lofty. And, that, <laughs> and you're, you're, talk, you're basically talking the, the Dolphins because we want to get to the Super Bowl. No, nobody else has done it. But, yeah, man, great question. The, what I love about playing Russell Wilson is this guy is such a boss, bro. Like, like Russell Wilson to me, he's one of my favorite players that's not a cowboy. You know what I mean? I think – as an NFL fan, as a fan of the Cowboys, you can appreciate other teams' talent, right? And for me, Russell Wilson is one of my favorite players outside of, of the Cowboys. I love the way he plays. He's smart. He's uh, great with the ball. He doesn't turn it over much. His poise. His Gosh. poise. He does, and, and that's what I'm saying. I don't think you can get in his head. I think he, he's been through it all. He's seen it all. He's playing in some of the biggest games uh, in his early career, I mean, he's 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 played some of the best defenses and all uh, coaches in this league early on. So I love that matchup. You know, if the Cowboys, you know, uh, get to that that level, I think that we're we'll be looking good, man. We'll be looking really good. So that I think that's a good that's a good earmark. Cowboys fan talk twelve and four. I'll take it, man. If that's where we're at, I'll take that all day long. The lunatic. I love the lunatic because he he always comes with the great questions. Very, uh, you know, a very good question. No more did not execute. Yeah, that was Jason Garrett's whole deal. The whole and that was his default answers. We didn't execute, you know. And I, I think uh, getting away from that is is going to be a great thing. Everything we'll this, do is about winning. <laughs> this how this how it went. Ready? How we doing, guys? Uh, Coach, why do why do you think you lost the game? We didn't execute on all three phases of the ball game, offense, defense, and in the kicking game. We got to go back to the drawing board, reevaluate ourselves, and do the exact same thing next week so I can answer the exact same questions next week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's how the conferences went, man. That's, that's what it was. That's what it was. So, man, it's a, it's a whole other deal. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens there, but that's a great question. Uh, let's see what else we got in here. How we doing, guys? How we doing, guys? Yeah, I would love fourteen and two, but yeah, twelve and four, man. Yeah, Cowboys fan talk, great conversation in the chat box. Everybody, make sure you give them a follow. I think we can go five and one in the division. Yeah, it's it, division. The division will be tough, but you know, how, who who do we beat? You know, I I feel good about. Beating Peterson, I, I really, I really, really do feel that that program is on the uh, is on the downturn, we, only because the NFC East was so bad last year, and the Eagles could barely pull it out the hat. 
I feel like they kind of are losing interest in that program. I really wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles are the basement team of this division this year. Um, Washington football, <laughs> the, these guys, who knows? You know, Ron Rivera does put pretty competitive teams out there. But my biggest question mark is at quarterback. You know, I think Dwayne Haskins probably should have hey, stayed. Hey, real quick, year. Joe, real quick, breaking news. Cowboys are officially signing defensive end Everson Griffin to the Dallas Cowboys. This, wow. this is official. There we go. Let's talk about this, guys, breaking news. Everson Griffin is a <laughs> cowboy. Who are we cutting? Have they said who we're cutting? Let's take a look. No, no. Uh, this is still developing. Um, the, the, um, this is still developing. It happened three minutes ago by NFL insider Ian Rappaport. Uh, Cowboys are signing former defensive end Everson Griffin uh, to be a Dallas Cowboy, guys. So right here on the Frisco Report, you're getting live reaction, live updates about our Dallas Cowboys. There we go. Yeah, that's it. Everson Griffin to the Cowboys. Okay, so let's talk about this, guys. Man, we're gonna go a little bit long tonight, but we don't we don't care because this is what everybody wants to talk about. You know, was it gonna be Clowney? Was it gonna be Everson Griffin? Was it gonna be Snacks Harrison? You know, there are some free agents out there that, that kind of look like targets that would really help the Cowboys. Okay. Everson Griffin, perfect match. Perfect match. You're gonna get him for a majority of the season with the jet with Jadavian Clowney for me, you just weren't so sure how many games he would play at full speed. You know, it was like that at Houston. It was like that at, at Seattle. And he was asking too much. Everson Griffin, George Edwards, our senior defensive assistant is familiar with the player. This is not a surprise. It makes a lot of sense. I'm sure George Edwards put in a word here. Let's get this guy in here. I mean, now look, look at this pass rush. Squad, let me let me break that. Let me break down this pass rush squad. Okay, you got Tank Lawrence, Everson Griffin, Gerald McCoy, Alden Smith, Tyron Crawford, and potentially Randy Gregory if he gets reinstated. You want to talk about bye bye, uh, Tristan Hill? Maybe they trade him for something. You know, I mean, the Cowboys. We just talked about Mike Nolan and how excited we are about him from. From, from Cowboys fan talk, this is why. Because under Jason Garrett, uh, Gerald McCoy, Dontarian Poe, uh, Everson Griffin now, maybe even an Alden Smith would not be part of the Dallas Cowboys today. Yeah, yeah, is he a better signing than Clowney? He is. To me, he's a better signing than Clowney. Now, he may not play the run as well as Clowney. I think Clowney is, is right. I think Clowney is number two. You know, he's right up there. DeMarcus Lawrence is one of the best, if not the best, at playing the run, plus going after the quarterback, okay? Um, that's one of the things that some fans overlook. Clowney, pretty good at it, busting up plays in the back. But but Griffin, I think you're getting you're getting more bang for your buck, okay? It doesn't cost as much. Like I said, our senior defensive assistant, George Edwards, is in the mix. I'm pretty sure he signed off on this. And let's let's remember this. Mike McCarthy is familiar with him too, right? Coming out of that black and that purple and what what do they call that division? <laughs> the blue and uh, purple or the bruiser division? I don't know what the heck they call. But anyway, McCarthy's familiar with the player because he was getting after Aaron Rodgers, right? So he's familiar with them. So uh, man, I love this. I love this man. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's definitely. Uh... 
Definitely good things. Tristan Hill wears 97. Uh, Everson Griffin wants to wear 97. So uh, we could potentially see that jersey coming available if the Cowboys make the move on Tristan Hill to free up that number 97 for a vet like Everson Griffin. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there too with you, King James. This made my night. Yes, yes, it does. Like, man, I, I feel like cracking open something to drink right now and celebrate, man, because – Dude, that makes the defense even better, man. I mean, we're already talking about, you know, just tonight, all these pieces coming into place and maybe even getting icing on the cake with Randy Gregory. Now, I feel like you I feel like you have icing on the cake here with Everson Griffin. And if you get Randy Gregory, like, man, this is just insane how crazy this defense can be. But the Cowboys are protecting themselves here. They don't really know what the commissioner is going to do. Are the Mars in the back here whispering in, in Roger Goodell's ear? We know how the, the Giants are meddling in the Cowboys affairs. It wouldn't surprise me. So let's go ahead and get somebody in here, a proven player, somebody that can get to the quarterback. Let's rock and roll, baby. Let's rock and roll. I'm, I mean, the guy, he's played 10 years in National Football League, a decade there with Minnesota. He has 74 and a half career sacks. Just last year, he had eight. The year before that, some injuries kind of happened. Five and a half sacks before that, 13 sacks. So this guy still has a lot left of the tank. And if healthy, with Mike Nolan and, and all these Baconators and pass rush, I'll just tell you, it's a great mm. recipe for 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 sacks. And now there's, adding Everson Griffin makes Robert Quinn leaving to the Chicago Bears that much more better because now we got some pieces in there to fill that void because he's leaving 11 sacks on the table going to Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's uh wow. Wow. J Mac. Good to see you in the chat box, brother. Great pickup. Yes, absolutely. This has me so pumped, man. <laughs> oh man. This, this, this is just great stuff right here, guys. Great stuff, man. And, and, and I just love that question from Cowboys fan talk. And we, I mean, we, we talked about it and Steven Jones talked about it in today's press conference. They're evaluating anything that's out there. Player acquisitions, 365 days, you know, and, and finally we're starting to see this thing roll. Why did it take forever? Maybe we'll get contract numbers later on, probably after the show and stuff. But I, I guarantee you, this is a, a, a bargain uh, move because he was out on the market for so long. And maybe that's, uh, what it was, you know, what was 10 years, you know, he, he's had a lot of sacks in the last three years. So, you know, maybe, maybe there was some, uh, some, some money issue going on. Maybe the, um, what do they call it? incentive part of the deal, stuff like that had the language just had to be right. Um, but Everson Griffin, welcome to Dallas. Yeah. He's going to anchor that edge. I, I agree. Cowboys fan talk, man, this is, uh, this is breaking news. The Cowboys have signed Everson Griffin. Uh, we'll we'll break down the uh, you know the obviously the the contract here once the full details come out. But wow, man, just just <laughs> this is great. Kobe Lewis, did we really sign him? Yeah, it, it, this is a uh, this is getting done. Cowboys are not messing around. NFC East, they're shivering. They're shivering. Carson Wentz, <laughs> Jalen Hurts is going to play. <laughs> <laughs> this guy ain't going to make it through the NFC East, man. Jalen Hurts is going to be playing probably when we play him. How do you survive this vicious pass rush that we're going to be throwing at people? You know what I mean? Wow, man. Stuart Morrison, welcome to Dallas Everson Griffin. Yes. 
welcome to Dallas. Thank you for the, the super chat, brother. Yeah, great news, man. Awesome, awesome news. Well, they, they, the, when the Vikings cut them at the end of the last year after losing to the 49ers in the playoff game, they actually freed up $13 million in cap space. So, obviously, uh, you know, and Kirk Cousins over there in, in, in the Vikings area, you know, took that pay cut too. So, you know, they had to make money moves to free up things, you know, and, and that's why he was on the free agent market for so long. Um, but he did sign a four-year, $57 million extension in 2017. Uh, yeah, he had those 13 sacks uh, after that contract, and then after that it kind of fell off um, for him. And obviously injuries and stuff played a big part in that. Um, but, you know, COVID, I, you know, slowed a lot of this stuff up too when it, when it comes to uh, tryouts because pe player, people want to see um, – you know, their player before they sign them. And uh, it's, it's hard to do that with a guy that invested 10 years uh, into the Minnesota Vikings. And now he's a Dallas Cowboy, Joe. Yeah. And I, that's, that could be part of what opened this thing up. You know, it's, it's, uh, they were able to open things up and teams were able to visit one-on-ones and, and do visits or whatever, what have you. So that, uh, wow. What a, what a, uh, what a deal, man. What a deal to add him to this defense. I love this here. Dak owns filthy. Cry Eagles fry. <laughs> cry Eagles cry. Go Cowboys. Yeah, I love that. They are going to cry. <laughs> they really are, man. We got the best deal on it. It's definitely, I mean, if we're looking at the NFC East, who has the best defensive line right now? You got to say Cowboys are, are kind of getting sneaky in there and kind of building some, some things here, you know, revamp that middle of the defense. Novell Gallimore, I'm I'm excited about him, man. Can you imagine? Hey, yeah, it's it's going to be some good things with Novell Gallimore. I'd even mention his name when I was talking about the pass rushers. The 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 Seahawks and the Vikings went back um, and forth for pass rusher Everson Griffin. This is uh, reported by uh, Ian Rappaport. While the Cowboys quietly went to work, and out of nowhere, they added the a key to the defense so the seahawks and the vikings are like hey you know talking to their agent and the cowboys like no nah, let me slide in here and pick them up real quick so yeah. you know he picked he picked the cowboys over his former team so maybe some money played a part in this um but um the seahawks and the vikings were trying to pursue him and cowboys snuck in there through the back door joe and got him yeah, that, that's, I mean, whatever it takes, man. Uh, this is all strategic at the end of the day. Teams are doing this. You know, it's it's all about who's making moves. You got to monitor that enemy wire. While these guys are screwing around here with Dave and Clowney and this and that, flirting with him, we're over here making the deal of deals. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, appreciate yeah. that. Appreciate that donation. Reigns 007. What a, what a night tonight is. It's uh, Everson Griffin. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, he just brings that another level of of, of experience. Um, getting after the quarterback, playing the run, in uh, that rotation. You know, th this might be one of the better rotations that we're gonna have here in a very, very, very long time. You know, I'm, I'm talking going back to the uh, Marcus Ware and Anthony Spencer. But even behind those guys, who did you really have? So this defensive end rotation could be could be even better than before that, right? So the, this um, this is shaping up to be something 
Very good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, let's not forget about Alden Smith for sure, J Mac. So if if you can get even half of a what what Alden Smith was at, at his peak, you're still getting a good amount of sacks, right? You're getting near exactly. So that's scary. This defense uh, could be very very scary. <laughs> what do you guys think? Let us know in the comments. Let us know in the chat box. Thumbs up if you love this signing of Everson Griffin. Let's see those thumbs up in the chat box. Hit the like on this video, guys. If you're excited about this news, hit the like button. Let's get those likes going, everybody. This is uh, one heck of a Wednesday night hump day. You can't get a better hump day than this, right? Yeah. And it's so funny how timing just works, right? Um, we, obviously we kick off our shows on Tuesday, but some scheduling things happen with me on my end. So we reschedule it for Wednesday and what other better way, right? We, we have the, the, the DAC press conference. We have the, the Canales Cowboy training camp opening press conference. And then in the middle of the show, right when our show is about to end, Joe, breaking news, yeah. Everson Griffin is now a Dallas Cowboys. Timing is everything in life, guys. Go with your gut on this one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly, Mike. Well said. Well said. Yeah, man. If you if you can get if you can get Gregory in here, that'll be great. I see those thumbs up. Keep them coming, guys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, let me up, love it. Try to predict the contract, Joe. I've seen that question in there. Try to predict the contract like what do you think it is uh, is it heavy incentives is it a one-year deal um because a lot of players like to come to the cowboys because the spotlight's so big get those one big uh, that you know those one-year deals and then go somewhere else you know robert quinn uh you know did that recently so yeah. predict predict the deal for me what, what do you think it is yeah it's 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 gonna be um incentive based i think you're probably looking at something similar to what they gave um you know, all the Smith, but actually probably a little bit more, but there's going to be those incentives, those, uh, those earmarks. If you get a certain amount of sacks here, if you play a certain amount of games, you're going to get this. So it's going to be, there's going to be a base salary and then there's going to be, you know, what this could expand to based on sack production, time played and that kind of thing. So it may, it may even be more than a one year deal to, to lower that number even more, you know? So don't be surprised if this is more than a one year, it could be a two year, you know, and and that'll lower the number as well. My my thing is, I'm kind of wondering who who's getting the boot here. It's probably another one of these low end free agent guys, probably low end uh, undrafted player. But the surprise cut from this is my deal. Oh, a surprise it, cut? Yeah, is Tyron Crawford safe here? What do you guys think? I, I, I think he is, but, you know, you, you never know here, you know, so let's keep an eye on that. Let's keep an eye on that. But uh, Well, is he safe? I mean, his cap hit is $8 million, right? Um, he's coming off this hip surgery. We don't know. Obviously, he's been working out and posting pictures to Instagram and stuff, but how is he going to look? How is that hip going to feel after shells when they're fully, pat, you know, padded up? I, I, I wouldn't say he's safe just yet. No, yeah, the lunatics guessing Jalen jokes. That's a great guess, actually. You know, practice squad player. Let's see what he does here. Do they want to see what he looks like? You know, um, yeah, that could be that could be it. You know, could it be one of these other guys? You know, could it be uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what 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 changes made. 
Tristan Hill. <laughs> Greg White says probably Tristan Hill. That's funny, yeah. I, th- I said that too to begin with. Yeah, that would be it crazy, could- dude. I, I, I would I mean, hate to. I, honestly, I would hate to lose Tristan Hill because you just spend so you spend a high pick on him. I would hate to just cut the cord this quick. But lose your first just, pick of the draft. Yeah, he just didn't do much last year. But let's see. Let's see what the coaches can get out of him. I, I still want to give Tristan Hill another another look here um, because you know if, if he can pop off next to Novell Gallimore, that might be your you know your defensive tackles for the next you know four or five years, young guys. So let, let, let's see what happens there. But, yeah, uh, we Look, see a couple more here on Tristan, maybe Crawford. Joe Jackson's another possibility. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. What were you going to say? Yeah, so the, so the, here's some notable Cowboys transitions during this entire offseason, uh, starting in January, right? They hired Mike McCarthy. They re-signed Amari Cooper. They signed Everson Griffin, Gerald McCoy, Don Terry and Poe, HaHa Clinton Dix, Alden Smith, Greg Zerline, Andy Dalton, okay? If, if the first transition didn't happen, how many of these players do you think would have been added under the last regime? None of these guys. I, I, I We'd probably be sitting here just, you know, really relying on the draft class. But th- I think with this, I think you're seeing more of the influence of McCarthy. you got to have a good balance of veteran leadership, um, players that, that can play at a high level, plus – your rookie class, right? And he mentioned that he that this is one of the most impressive rookie classes he's had in his 14 seasons. But you still gotta have you still gotta have that core player. You still gotta have that leadership and players that that have a proven that they can get to the quarterback and that have had success in this league. And Emerson Griffin is, is is that you know he checks all the boxes, can play the run, can pass the quarter pass rush the quarterback, uh, relatively healthy. But, um, you know, and McCarthy has seen the player up front. You know, he's, he's seen him get out of the quarterback, what he can do, how he can menace the quarterback. And that's what we need. We, we've we been a little too finesse in attacking the quarterback. You know, random blitzes here, trying to manufacture a pass rush with, with failed stunts, you know. Uh, but now you have players that, that you want them to win their one-on-ones you know, where you don't have to do so many stunts to manufacture a pass rush. We want these players to go one-on-one, pull some double teams, open up somebody else. That's what the Cowboys defenses of the championship years had. If if you double somebody, you're opening the door to two or three other guys, you know, Tony Tolbert, Charles Haley, Jimmy Jones, Russell Maryland, uh, you know, just that mix of, of defenders. Somebody was going to eat. Somebody was going to feast on the quarterback. Cowboys are kind of building that right now. It's uh, this this is great news, guys. Yeah, uh, Patrick Walker uh, on Twitter. He he he's reporting that after the draft, the, the Dallas Cowboys had strong interest in Everson Griffin, um, and uh, now they've reached an agreement. So Cowboys had interest in him, um, <laughs> and uh, they got him. I love this Buddy Johnson comment. Carson Wentz will pee down his leg. <laughs> Yes, sir. I love, I love it, man. I love the comments, guys. I love our subscribers, everybody that follows the Frisco Report. We do appreciate you guys, man. This is this is great news, man. The comments are great. Appreciate everybody that has joined us in this chat box tonight. Um, but, you know, I, I think we'll cut it there, everybody. You know, uh, we had a great discussion with you guys. Appreciate everybody that joined us here. 
and uh, the discussion, man. We can't do it without you guys. You guys are, are are great in the comments. You keep the conversation going with with Mike and and myself. But uh, man, Emerson Griffin, the Dallas Cowboy. What a what a way to end the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, we gave y'all an extra 21 minutes because of this breaking news, and rightfully so. Thank you guys for you know watching, commenting, and subscribing right here uh, to the to not only Cowboys blog but to the Frisco Report, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, um, thefriscoreport.com. Thank you all, you guys, for that. Absolutely, absolutely. Let everybody know where they can find you at, Mike, if they haven't already. Yeah, right here at underscore Cowboys Corner on Twitter, guys. Give me a mention. Give me a follow. Uh, right here, Cowboys Corner on YouTube. Look for the double C, Cowboys Corner. Look for that little picture there, the, the logo, and uh, hit subscribe. Leave a comment, and uh, let's have that conversation, Joe. Absolutely, absolutely. Hit my boy up. Continue to follow the Frisco Report, guys. We can't do this without you guys. We really can't. And, uh, yeah, man. Thank all of you, man. This is so much fun coming on here, doing the Frisco Report with you guys. This has become one of my favorite nights of the week, coming on here with Mike and uh, and doing this with you guys, talking about Cowboys football. You know, and it's only going to get more fun. When the season gets here, our discussions are going to be crazy. It's going to be a lot of fun, win or lose. More winning, obviously, but it's going to be a lot of fun. We but, don't hold uh, back either. If you watched last season, we don't hold back on a lot of things. We're pretty yeah. raw. Yeah, we don't sugarcoat anything here, guys. You, and you know, if you follow Mike, you follow me. We don't sugarcoat anything. We don't, we don't feed, you know, BS or try to blow rainbows up your butt or nothing like that. It's, it's nothing you know, like that. That's why you guys are here. But uh, yeah, we appreciate you guys. Before you leave, hit the like on this video. We really do appreciate it. If you catch on the replay, hit the like if you would, please. And we'll catch you guys for the next one. Peace, everybody. Peace.